every one of us has faced storms in our life. And most of us would consider the moment we're in right now a storm. It's difficult, uncertain, it's dark. Even in these uncertain times, God can bring good out of it. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. In the book of Revelation, we read about one of Jesus' disciples, John, who's going through his own storm, and he gives us this great example of how God can work during these uncertain times. This week, it's my pleasure to introduce our guest speaker, Pastor Hadley Baker from City on a Hill Community Church in Garland. Well, good morning, New Community Church. My name is Hadley Baker. I'm the lead pastor of City on a Hill Community Church just down the road in Garland. And it is a joy to come to you this morning on behalf of your pastor, Pastor Aaron. I know that you and all of the community of faith there at, at your church are thinking of him and praying for him and his family during this time. Uh, I'm certainly doing that, and uh, I know he feels your prayers and appreciates them. So thank you for continuing to lift him and his family up during this difficult time for them as they celebrate his father's homegoing to be with the Lord. Uh, I have known your pastor for a long time. We actually met uh, at college. We went to Southwestern University together, so I've known him a long time. When we first met, we weren't uh, what we weigh now, uh, and we weren't as gray as we are now. It's funny how life uh, has a way of sneaking up on you, doesn't it? But uh, I'm just excited to be with you guys today, and uh, I want to get us started this morning, if I could, with just uh, a, a quick question. Have you ever been caught in a bad thunderstorm, like just a really bad storm. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. You know, here in Texas, we have a saying that we uh, say a lot that we just simply say, hey, if you don't like the weather in Texas, man, just wait because it's going to change. Like there's literally been calendar weeks, like in a seven day period where the weather will change so quickly. Like you'll have a thunderstorm on Monday, tornado on Wednesday, and a chance of snow on Friday. So the weather is just always changing, but I wonder if you've ever been caught like trapped in a bad storm where you felt like, man, I'm in, I'm in serious danger right now. Maybe you were out driving on the road or like going over a bridge, or maybe you were out going for a run or you were having a picnic with your family and out of nowhere, like this storm just rolls in. Isn't that how it works? Like the skies are blue, everything's fine, it's a pretty day, and then you look up and just like that, the skies darken, the clouds blow in, the wind begins to howl, and before you know it, you are in a storm. Storms happen not just in the atmosphere, but storms happen in life. We actually have this saying that we use as people where we talk about the storms of life. When we describe these seasons of our life that are marked by difficulty or pain or heartache or sorrow or even just uncertainty when we don't know what's going to happen, we call those the storms of life. This is an expression that we use and what, what I want to say today is I don't know everyone tuning in and watching this morning, everyone who's gathered here as part of this new community family, but what I know is that all of us watching today are in a storm. Everybody watching has been affected by the situation of COVID-19. Like all of us have felt it in one way or another. This pandemic has literally impacted the entire globe. Now, some people have suggested, and I think they say this rightfully, that there's actually two pandemics we're fighting. There's the pandemic of the virus itself, 
But then there's the pandemic of fear. So we've got the, the viral spread uh, of COVID-19. That's the physical pandemic. But then we've also got the social spread of fear and anxiety. That's the social, uh, sociological aspect of this situation. Everyone is feeling it. Everyone is experiencing it, either physically or they are afraid. And people are asking questions like, man, when is this going to end? Like, how long is this going to last? How long are we going to be in quarantine and social distancing? When can my kids go back to school? When can I go back to work? What does this mean for the economy? What does this mean for my 401k? Like, what, what is going to happen here? So you've got really two pandemics that we are fighting and everyone is just feeling the weight of it. Well, I just want to speak a word of encouragement to you and I just want you to take a breath, just breathe in, just, just release that and, and just know this. Here's what's true about our God, okay? Our God is never not working. He's always at work. You know, sometimes when bad things happen, when we are in a storm, the lie that the enemy would whisper to us is that God has left us, that he has abandoned us and we are on our own. Can I just tell you today, new community, that God is at work even in this storm. See, you and I are only able to perceive what's happening in a physical sense, what we can see or what we can hear. We only see the news reports, the 24-7 updates of what's going on with COVID-19. We only see what's in our timeline on Facebook or Insta or Twitter, okay? Like, we can only see in the physical realm. But today, if we were able to see into the spiritual realm around us, I'm telling you, we would see there is a seismic amount of activity happening all around us. That God is at work, God is moving, God is in the midst of this storm, and there is so much divine activity unfolding all around us, we just can't see it. But God is at work in the midst of this storm. And I would say this to you as well as the second layer of encouragement. Man, let's get this deep inside of us. Not only is God at work right now, but God often does his best work in the midst of our storms. He often does his best work when we are in a storm. You know why I think that is? I think it's because when we are in storms, God has our undivided attention. Storms have a way of doing that, don't, don't they? They get your attention. And you've got a lot of people right now in our culture and even around the world who, you know, they, they weren't super spiritual before all this happened. They weren't real worried about God or faith or the Bible or prayer but now that this pandemic has spread the way that it has, people's attention has been focused, laser pointed on God. People are realizing, man, this is bigger than me. Man, this is crazy. Man, I need some divine intervention in this situation. See, God does work in our storms because he, he has our focus. He has our mind and our heart dialed in on him. Pain has a way of causing us to reorient and reprioritize our life. Pain has a way of causing us to let go of things of lesser importance and things that ultimately don't really matter and to focus on things that do matter. C.S. Lewis said it this way, brilliant quote, and maybe you've heard it when he said that God whispers to us in our pleasures, he speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Be sure of this, my brothers and sisters, man. God is at work. 
and he's doing work in this storm. And this is not just true collectively, this is true for your life as an individual. So I wanna just say, no matter where you are in your journey, no matter if you identify as Christian or not, listen to me, God wants to do something in your life during this season, during this storm. So I wanna speak to you a message today that I've simply entitled, Don't Waste Your Storm. Don't waste your storm. See, the truth is today that a lot of people have just gone into survival mode. They're looking at this pandemic of COVID-19. They're looking at this pandemic of fear and anxiety. These, this war we're fighting on two fronts and they are in a place right now of just trying to survive. They just wanna get through it. And they're asking a lot of questions. Man, when is this going to end? When am I gonna to get to the other side of the storm? Man, God, why have you let this happen? God, why have you allowed me to experience this and go through this? Like, it's just these types of questions that are asked from a perspective of surviving. But today, I wanna invite you to have faith to ask a better question, to ask a deeper question, and to simply say, God, what are you wanting to do in my life during this storm? God, I believe that you are at work. Lord, I believe you do your best work in storms. What do you wanna do in my life right now in this storm? That's a better question to ask. So we're not just surviving. We believe that God is really moving, that he's really working. And we don't wanna waste an opportunity or a moment to experience his power at work in our lives. A lot of times we just want the storm to go away, don't we? We want God to intervene by just taking the storm away from us. Oh God, I wish you would just take it away. Lord, just show up in the midst of COVID-19 that God would just kind of flex, right? And, and this whole thing would go away. Could God do that? Man, of course he could, absolutely. But you know, a lot of times what I have found is what God does is he doesn't take the storm away. He gets in the middle of the storm with you. See, it's in the middle of the storm that he manifests his power and his presence. It's in the storm that we experience his power in a way that we couldn't if the seas were calm. It's in the storm that we experience his presence in a way that we couldn't if it wasn't raining down hell on us, right? Like it, it's something special that happens to us in the storm. His power and his presence manifest. And I have to say this, and I'm just gonna keep it real with you guys. This is a hard truth, but it's a necessary truth. Storms are good for us from time to time. We don't wanna stay in them, but from time to time we need a storm because storms produce in us a deeper level of faith. Let me read something to you from a friend of mine. Both Pastor Aaron and I went to college with this guy. His name is Guy Delcom. A few years ago, he, a few years ago, he wrote a great book called Earth and Sky. Listen to what he says in this book. He simply says, fear provides the opportunity to trust what we can't see. We cling to what we know. Fear gives us the chance to meet ourselves in a way that we don't and we can't when we feel safe and secure. The captain of a ship docked safely in a peaceful harbor doesn't know if his craft can withstand threatening conditions. Now I want you to hone in and listen to this next statement. It's only by weathering a fierce storm that he can be sure that his ship is strong. In the same way, we find out what we are made of by going through life's stormy seas. 
Many of us long to stay in the harbor, but we experience life, hope, courage, and strength on the open water. That's where we face our fears. Man, that's good stuff, isn't it? We don't like that truth, but it's true just the same. That you and I, from time to time, we need a storm. We need our faith to be tested. We need to grow and mature and deepen in our relationship with God. And I'm just telling you, storms have a way of doing that. So listen to me, guys. Don't waste this storm. Don't miss out on what God is wanting to do. He's working. That's not just true for all of New Community. It's true for you. And maybe you don't belong to a church and you're watching right now and you're tuned, tuned in. Can I say to you, God wants to work in your life. So if you have your Bibles today, we're going to go to the very last book of the Bible, uh, the book of Revelation. And we're going to be in chapter one and we're going to look at verses nine through 20. And before we jump into this text, let me give you just a little bit of a background as to who wrote this and kind of what's unfolding. So most of you know that Jesus, when he was on the earth, he had 12 disciples. One of those disciples was a guy named John. John is sometimes referred to as the Apostle John or John the Beloved. He has some different names. Okay, he's like some of you guys. You got some different nicknames and different names you go by. But John actually wrote five books of the Bible. And this is the last book he wrote, the book of Revelation. And as he's penning this letter, I want you to understand that he is in the midst of a storm. He's in a storm. He's going through something really, really difficult, and he's actually going to talk about it. But as we're going to see, God is at work in John's storm. So let's drop in again, Revelation chapter 1. Let's, let's start in verse 9 and read through verse 20. He says, I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like a mighty, like, excuse me, like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth and his face was like sun, like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven 
churches. So what I would like to do for these next few moments is let's just unpack this text. And I want us to just move kind of in, 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 in three, you could say, movements or, or, or three areas of focus. I want us to talk about reality. I want us to talk about response. And then I would like us to focus on revelation. Let's talk first about simple reality. And here's, here's the reality is that everyone will experience the storms of life. Everyone's going to go through a storm. We've seen that right now. Like if we've learned nothing else about COVID-19, like COVID-19 does not discriminate. You've got people of all walks of life, all races, ethnicities, rich and poor all over the world who have been impacted. You've got famous people. You've got athletes who have uh, come, come down with this disease. You've got famous movie stars, Tom Hanks, like Forrest Gump, Mr. Rogers, come on. COVID has no respect. You know, you can't, you can't give Forrest Gump COVID-19, but he did. Do you see that everyone has been impacted? And a lot of people are asking, man, how is this happening? And, and some people think, man, I'm a good person or I'm, I'm a godly person. I'm trying to do right. Why is this happening to me? Well, I want to say something to you today. And it's just a direct statement that if you have read the Bible, it should not surprise you when godly people suffer. I know there's kind of a brand or a, a, a version of Christianity out there that says, you know, if you just become a Christian and, and if you give a little extra money that God's going to spare you from all the trials of life. Listen, I don't know what Bible those people are reading that tell you that, but it's not the Bible I read. <laughs> That's just not reality. We are not going to make it to the other side of this life unscathed. Life will cut you. You will bleed. That's just reality. So we see in this text in verse 9, John is writing and he says, guys, I'm your brother and I'm your partner. Notice what he says. I'm your partner in what? Suffering. And I'm your partner in God's kingdom and your partner in patient endurance. Man, this is a long race we're running. And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's hard. And guys, we just have to learn how to endure. Notice he says about his situation. He was exiled to the island of Patmos. Patmos is this tiny Greek island in the Aegean Sea. It's kind of out in the middle of, of the sea between Turkey and between Greece. It's about 13 square miles. It's not a big island at all. And because John had been preaching the gospel, he was banished. He was put into exile on this island. You might say that he was quarantined. You could say that John was practicing some involuntary social distancing, all right? He was forced onto this island. John was in a storm. He had done what God asked him to do. And in following Jesus, there was suffering. It should not surprise us, even as people of God, when we experience suffering. This is reality. And I want you to know this and I want you to understand this so that it doesn't freak you out when it happens. That Jesus told us, hey, in this life, you're going to have trouble. So we understand this is reality, but here's the good news. We have hope. See, hope is so important. I've said this before to our people at City on a Hill, that, that hope is the anchor of the believer. That yes, we know reality. We, we get it. Tough times will come. Storms will happen. But the hope we have is that Jesus is with us in the storm. He's working in the storm. And that's what anchors us. That's why we don't lose our mind. That's why we don't act a fool and freak out. 
We know God has got this. I love what Paul says about hope in Romans chapter five. Listen, this is so good. He says, even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character and proving character leads us back to, there's the word, hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Isn't that good? John is saying, man, it's in our times of suffering that our confidence and our joy are strengthened, that we develop endurance and character and hope. And this hope's not a fantasy. Okay, this is not not something we're making up or imagining. No, it's real, it's tangible, and it's in these spaces that we experience the love of God through the Holy Spirit. And I wanna be clear, it's not that we're denying reality, we just have a higher reality that we're operating in. Maybe I can illustrate it this way. We understand uh, the reality of gravity, okay? Gravity is a real thing. If you don't believe that, go jump off of a building and you'll find out really quickly, gravity's real, it exists, it's reality. But if you've ever seen an airplane fly or you've ever been in an airplane, you know that that airplane is operating in a higher reality. Is gravity still real? Yes, but the airplane is operating under the laws and the realities of thrust and lift, and it is able to rise above and become a higher reality. It's not that the reality of gravity changes. That airplane just operates at a higher level of reality. Can I ask you a question today? Are you living in the higher reality of hope? Oh yeah, sure, I get it, man. This stuff is going on. COVID's 19. COVID-19 is a real thing. These stats we're seeing are real. The, the data coming out every day, it's real. This fear, it's real. But do you have the higher reality that allows you to rise above and say, but I know who my God is in this storm. I know he's working. I know he's moving. I know right now he's doing things that when it's all said and done, we're gonna look back and say, man, that was, that was good what you did, God. And we're not gonna waste this storm. We're gonna rise above because of hope. So that's reality. Could we talk now secondly about response? See, storms either draw us in or they push us away from God. Storm has two effects on people. It either causes them to run toward God or it causes them to try and figure it out on their own and move further from him. This is what storms do. So John is in a storm. He's been banished and exiled and quarantined to this island, Patmos. And yet we see in verse 10, he says, it was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. See, John had a response of worship. He had a response that said, God, even in this storm, you are still good. You know what worship really means? It simply means worth-ship. Hey, God, you're still worthy of my praise. You're still worthy of my affection, my adoration. God, I'm still gonna lift my hands. I'm still gonna shout. I'm still gonna sing, Lord. I'm gonna bring it because you are worthy. See, this is the response that John has. He says, it was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. Our boy John isn't, isn't entering in this superficial, shallow, distracted worship. No, he says, I was deep in worship. I was in the spirit. He ain't splashing around in the kiddie pool. 
Man, he's doing a cannonball down at the deep end off the high dive. Like John is going in as he worships God on the Lord's day. This was his response. Listen, I'm going to say this to you. You choose how you respond. You can't control COVID-19. You can't control this mass epidemic of fear and anxiety, but you can control your response. You can choose to keep believing God is good and to worship him, or you can give way to fear and anxiety and try to figure it out and let this come between you and between God. See, that's what storms try to do. They try to take our focus off of who God is and put all of our focus on the storm. Remember when Simon Peter was walking on the water? As long as he had his eyes on Jesus, he was okay. It's only when he began to look at the waves and listen to the wind that he began to sink. And so it is with us, my brothers and sisters. We gotta respond in faith and to keep our eyes on Jesus. We gotta be like the psalmist who said, Lord, you are good and you do only good. God, I believe even now you are at work. Can I ask you a quick question? How are you responding to this storm? You personally, I'm talking to you individually. How are you responding to this storm? Are you letting this bring you closer to God or are you allowing this storm to push you further from God? Only you can choose your response. No one can do it for you. I wanna encourage you today to respond like John did and to keep worshiping, keep pressing in, keep trusting and believing that God is good and he does good, even in the storm, especially in the storm. Finally, number three, let's, let's talk about revelation. And this is where it gets really good. This is where I get fired up. I'm, I might have to shout a little bit here. So I don't think you guys will mind. But here's the truth. Storms enable us to see and hear God more clearly. Revelation, that God reveals himself to us and reveals things to us in a storm. And it's in these times that it's more clear than it's ever been. It's a revelation. What does it mean to reveal something? It's a word we use all the time, but let's just break it down for a moment. To reveal means you're making something known that was previously secret or hidden. It's, it's been there all along. It's just been hidden. It's been concealed from you. You haven't seen it. And so let's illustrate it this way. All of you parents, okay, all of you parents who have kids, you ever buy your kids some Christmas presents and you get them a little bit early, okay, maybe you're crazy and you went out there and, and, and did some Black Friday shopping or something like that. You've got to hide that present for about a month. So maybe you put it up in the top of your closet or under your bed or in the attic and your kids might be within a few feet of that present. They might come in your bedroom and they could be standing five, 10 feet away from that present, but they don't know that present is there because it's hidden. It's concealed. But on Christmas morning, you, mom, dad, you take what was hidden and you reveal it. You take what was concealed and you bring it out into the open because it's the right time. See, that's what God does in storms. He reveals things that he's had for us all along. We just weren't ready yet. He had to get us to a place where our, our mind and our hearts were focused and he had our attention and it's in a storm that we're, we're focused and we're listening. And he says, hey, now that I've got your attention, I've got something for you. So I want us to see how John, even though he knew who God was, this was a revelation. Let's see two things that happened that we get a revelation of the person of God, number one, 
and we get a revelation of the purpose of our life. Let me say it again. You get a revelation of the person of who God is. You're going to see and hear God more clearly, but you also are going to get a purpose revelation for your life. So again, John, he gets a revelation here. Now, let's keep in mind that at this time, John had been serving Jesus over 60 years, six zero. Like this is written in the year 95. He's been following the Lord a long time, and yet he's going to encounter Jesus in a way that he never had. Notice verse 10. He says, man, suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. Hey, I'd heard Jesus's voice before, but not like this. Man, this was a new revelation. I'd never heard him this way. Notice verses 17 and 18. Man, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. He's, but he laid his hand on me and, and, and said, don't be afraid. I'm the first and last. I'm the living one. Yes, I died. But look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in the grave. John says, I had seen him before. I was his disciple for three and a half years. Man, I never saw him like that. Do you see that storms cause us to see God in a way that's different? Storms enable us to hear and see him like never before. We see the person of God, but also we discover the purpose of our life, our next step. Notice verse 19. What does Jesus say to John? Hey, John, there's something I want you to do. I want you to write down what you've seen. Hey, John, I'm coming to you. I'm revealing myself to you in this storm right now because there's something I want you to do. I know you've been serving me a long time, John, but I've got another assignment. There's a next step I'm asking you to take. I want you to write this down. And what John wrote down was what we now call the book of Revelation. Isn't it interesting? I want you to get this. If you, if you remember nothing else I say this morning, get this. It was in his time of greatest isolation that John received his greatest revelation. Did you get that? His greatest isolation produced the greatest revelation. Why? Because God does his best work in our storms. Could it be that in this moment of isolation and storminess and quarantine and social distancing, that God does his best work in your life, that you see him and hear him in a way you never have, and that you discover the next step that he has for you in your life. Can I tell you, God wants to reveal himself to you like he's never done before. He wants you to know him in a way that you've never known him before. That's why I want to appeal to you as we close. Don't waste this storm. Don't waste it. Don't go into survival mode. Don't hunker down and batten the hatches and say, I'm just going to get through it. No, lean in, press in. Yes, I get it. There's reality. Yeah, it's happening. This is real. Yes, we feel it. But respond in faith and worship. And when you do that, God is going to reveal not just himself to you, but he's going to reveal the next step for your life. This is not the time for us as the church to shrink back. It's not the time for us to be fearful and anxious. Now's the time for us to stand and to rise up as the people of God and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to worship you. And I'm going to believe that you're working in this storm. So maybe you're watching today and you would say you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. You know, I'm going to pray a simple prayer and I want to encourage you. You know, you can pause this video and listen back to this prayer. And if you pray this with your mouth and believe it in your heart, the Bible says you can be born again. 
Think about what that means. You can literally get a new life. Just as you were once born physically, did you know you can get a new life and be born again spiritually? All of your sin can be forgiven. You can have that anchor of hope we talked about. You can experience that cascading love of God through the Holy Spirit that we read about in Romans 5. You can experience the power of God at work. But that never happens unless you enter into a relationship with Jesus. So I want to encourage you to play this back and listen to this simple prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I know I have sinned. I know I have let you down. I have violated your commands. I am guilty. But I thank you that you paid the price for my sin. I believe that you love me, that you want to forgive me, and you want to put your Holy Spirit inside of me. So right now, I ask you to forgive me, Lord, to make me new, to wash me clean, to give me a new life. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. And by faith, I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, I can tell you on the authority of Scripture, the Bible says you have been saved. You are on your way to heaven. Isn't that good news? God does good work in storms, doesn't he? But I want to pray now for those of you who are believers and this COVID-19 situation, this fear and anxiety has just weighed on you. I just want to pray for you today that you wouldn't waste this storm, but that God would do his best work in your life in this season. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now for every person watching, those who are part of the, the family of faith at New Community and those who may be tuning in somewhere else. God, I just pray for them right now. And I just ask, God, that they would understand that you have not abandoned them, you have not left them, that you are at work in this storm and that you're doing your best work. God, I pray that they would respond in faith, that they would keep worshiping, that God, even though they feel isolated and alone right now and at a loss, Lord, they would understand that you want to reveal yourself like never before. God, you want to show them the next step in their life. God, I know this is shaking all of us up, but today we are anchored by the hope we have in you, that you are good and you do good, that hope is not a disappointing fantasy, Lord, that we can anchor ourselves to you because you will never fail us. Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. You are our hope. Our hope is not in this life. It's in the life to come. Our hope is not in Washington. It's not in the stock market. It's not in what the doctors do or say or discover. Our hope is in you. And so we are going to respond in faith. We're going to press in. We're going to come after you. We're going to worship and believe that you're going to reveal yourself like never before. And we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to come and be a part of your Sunday morning. If you joined us after we officially began, man, let's continue to lift up Pastor Aaron and his family and the children. They're going to need your prayers in the days and weeks to come. And I know that uh, you will be lifting them up just as I am. Again, it's been a joy to be with you. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Take a moment and reflect. Ask yourself this question, God, what are you wanting to do in my life during this storm? Be quiet and let him speak.
Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new, and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.